All right, today is Wednesday, July 26th, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Woo! Today, let's start off with some normal stuff. We talk about fasting, health benefits, spiritual benefits. Um, isn't it interesting that when all these medical anomalies and problems with people health, uh, people's health show up, one of the great tools we can have to reset and kind of work some things out is fasting. And uh, is it any wonder the religions of the world, particularly Christianity, focus a great deal on it for spiritual health, and you see the benefits too. Not unlike the laws in some of the Old Testament, even though we're not bound by them, uh, as Gentile, Christian, non-Israelites, it was never our law. So even though we're not bound by some of these laws, you start to see some benefits that modern science has unveiled. So, you know, whether it's eating crusty things that crawl on the bottom of the ocean or too much pork or, you know, how to boil or cook certain foods. Uh, now we do that standard practice because, you know, you can get sick and die if you don't. So anyways, it's almost like there was a God that knew some stuff that helped us out a little bit. Okay, then uh, let's see. We talked to talked to our resident musician, who I guess is, is also me, but uh, Bubby drops by reading music versus feeling the music. What do you prefer? And, of course, he's a stick in the mud who prefers to read it. Um, <laughs> where's your soul, Bubby? Not not spiritually. He's he's good. He's he's on Team Jesus. But um, as far as, well, you know. Okay, and then Mithraism is totally older than the Bible, except the very guy who says that then says, well, not really. It's not, uh, because it's not. So we talk about Mithraism and how it is not similar to Christianity. If anyone stole from anyone, Mithraism stole it from the Bible. The Bible didn't steal Mithraism uh, to to bring Christianity about. Um, that's just dumb. Then we talk about the Exodus didn't happen. <laughs> and uh, be careful when people say things and assert them as fact. This should go without saying, right? But trust, but verify. So, you know, this guy in chat, never heard his voice, is like, hey, so why do Christians believe the Exodus happened which the, when the uh, you know consensus of scholars or Egyptologists say uh, is that it did not? First of all, what is consensus of people taught about us? It does not mean it's right. It could actually mean it's dead wrong, and it's a consensus of, like, terrible, greedy, corrupt, amoral people. That's what it can mean. Um, and also, a consensus means if, as we've seen with, you know, COVID, gosh, I, you know, I've got to find a better example, but this is so glaring. So regardless of your views on COVID or the pandemic, I mean, this is just the go-to example because they're like, oh, show me when scientists are wrong. Show me when scientists don't, don't just do pure scientific mythology. Okay, great. Let's go back a couple years. We've got it. Um, anyways, so, uh, in this case, the consensus can also mean they just kick everybody out who's not on the consensus. So if you have dissenting voices, they're like, well, you're out of our group. Now the consensus is all the same. It's all unanimous. Um, anyway, so turns out there actually is not a consensus on the Egyptologist and the Exodus. So, uh, it is still a hotly and widely debated topic. So, trust but verify when people tell you stuff. Um, anyways. That's what we've got today. Gosh, it uh, seems like we, we talked a, a lot more than we did. That was a pretty short one for us, an hour and 45 minutes. Anyway, check out the Ask a Christian book on Amazon. Check out the Ask a Christian store. Grab a t-shirt. Support this podcast. You can also click the donate link. Right now it's PayPal. Maybe eventually I'll get a cash app like the kids do. Um, <laughs> anyways, so thank you for your support. 
this is helpful, and I like to think it helps push the kingdom of heaven forward, and people uh, will hear the gospel, the biblically accurate, correct gospel, and you can see the people peddling the stuff they're peddling today that even are kind of like cozied up to Jesus a little bit, and like, ah, oh, he's a good guy, sure, it's about loving your neighbor, sure, it's about this stuff, while they get the gospel dead wrong. So not only is it people who don't believe it or argue against it, it's people who cozy up just enough to lead people to hell. Um, it's like shining a pathway to hell um, instead of just covering it and putting out all the lights and, oh, boom, hell. It's like, oh, here, now you can see you're walking down. No, 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 don't look around. Keep on going down here. I'll illuminate your pathway to the abyss. Um, so, you know, whether it's a light or dark path, uh, you know, someone's shining a light on it or covering the path with a, a sheet or something so you can't see it. Hell is hell. It's hot. Don't go there. So anyway, thank you for your support with us sharing the biblically accurate gospel. Um yeah, that's it. Share these links. Talk to you later. Hey, Gavin, what's up? Welcome. I'm kind of thinking of that, uh, that uh, was it, Mad World by, is it Tears for Fears that find it kind of funny, find it kind of sad. Um, not funny in a ha-ha way, but funny in an interesting way to clear that up. But, you know, there's all the all the talk of, like, you know, people with, people with, um, you know, COVID and complications. And while half the people are like, no, that doesn't exist. It's completely coincidental why there's spikes and all these like death rates and heart attacks and blood clots and myocarditis and all this stuff. And the other half as well, um, you know, it hasn't been this way for many years. And now all of a sudden we're seeing a rise. Like if this was a stockbroker chart, uh, you know, it, it's like level, 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 whoa. It's like jumping off the screen. Everyone's saying like, you know, uh, should have bought then time to sell now. It's like going off the charts. But with our medicine, like, you know, people who say they're empirical based, empirically based, I don't think they uh, they really mean that as much as they say, because it seems like, you know, if you just look at the data and, you know, this is not my heel to die on, like, you know, the, the vaccine COVID stuff, you know, it sucks. I had COVID. I think therapeutics are fine. I think the fact that they tried to dissuade them and like outright ban them uh, makes me want to go from, well, I think they're fine to I definitely want to go with that route, um, <laughs> because what reason would you possibly have? to ban stuff that has like little to no risk whatsoever. And, you know, many studies like India and South America work great. And uh, anyways, I'm, I'm getting off my off on a tangent. But what I meant to say before you say hi, Gavin, a lot to hit you with this evening uh, from the future in the future. But, you know, like LeBron James, what, like last week he was up like telling people to, you know, F them if they have a problem with Bud Light and all this other stuff. So, you know, you can kind of, it's, it's sad that you can kind of predict someone's politics by other areas of politics, but we know. Anyway, his son had the vaccine and just had, a, I guess, and just had like a massive heart attack. So it's like, well, here's one more. And it's like all these like intense sports, you know, people are dropping like flies left and right. And then the point I really want to make is just forget everything I said <laughs> and fasting. That's where I'm trying to get to. So when people talk about, you know, like fasting and, you know, like pretty much all major world religions, you know, promote fasting, philosophies promote fasting, medical science promotes fasting, but doctors never lead with that. I mean, you know, the obvious answer is, well, um, it's free. <laughs> so, um, but, I mean, we know like great health benefits. So I think a lot of people now are like trying to promote fasting, like besides just generally good health and like longevity and stuff like that. And, you know, getting your systems all in sync and, and not being out of whack anymore. Um, you know, your body can really do a lot of like self-healing and stuff. So if you have any like funky stuff going on, that's not a terrible way to start. Uh, you know, aside from, by the way, you know, Jesus talks about it's, it's very important for, you know, spiritual growth and spiritual walk and stuff like that. So, uh, 
Gavin didn't mean to ramble. <laughs> did, did you want to, did you want to say anything? Didn't mean for you to throw yourself back down there, but uh, I'll talk to Chris instead. <laughs> What's up, Chris? Uh, yeah. Fasting, cure all or just religiously a good idea or give me cheeseburgers. I mean, technically you've been fasting for many years straight. So, you know, is this a vegan thing? Yeah, I'm just making a vegan joke. I'd be a great Catholic for Lent. Right? It'd be super easy. No, what you would have to do is give up veganism for Lent. And just be like, all right, I guess I'm eating cheeseburgers <laughs> for the next 40 days. Oh, or wait, hang on. So for, for Lent, um, oh, okay, you you can kind of pick some stuff for Lent. But they like have a hard and fast rule. Like there's definitely no meat Fridays or no meat. Or something like that, right? Like, you don't get the option to choose what you want to fast. Like, is that something not Lent? Yeah, so, so yeah, no meat Fridays was a, yeah, it's a medieval church thing that they came up with. Like So they can do that now? Oh. Yeah, I mean, they, they, people still do it, yeah. But it was, like, it was mainly, like, an Italian thing. Um, and so it, uh, there's a whole, there's a whole cultural thing behind that, like the no meat Fridays. There's so like, like now it's not like a church rule. If you don't want to, if you want to eat meat on Fridays now as a Catholic, you can, and no one's going to say you're a bad I Catholic. Mean, I grew up Catholic and we never paid any attention to no meat Fridays during Lent. Then again, and look at you now, Eastern. you're a Protestant. Yeah, yeah. Is that, is we're that indicative? Eastern. Yeah, probably. I mean, I, we were Easter and Christmas Catholics, you know, like, so, you know, and I went to Catholic school, but other than that, like, you know, we didn't even, I didn't even know about Lent growing up. Like, that's how Catholic we were. Can you really call yourself a Catholic? Is that, I mean, that's got to be like some of the atheists who are like, I was a Christian. I heard a story of Jesus once. It's like, okay, were you really? So did you, did you give Catholics a fair shake if you were only like a holiday, Easter, Christmas Catholic? I mean, I did go to Catholic school where we had religion class every day for three years. So, I mean, there is that. So what was the indoctrination uh, education like? Um, like, was it, was it stuff, um, how much of actual Bible stuff was it? Like stuff you'd hear in a Protestant church about like, you know, Jesus and disciples and Bible stories versus just straight up like Catholic tradition of man type stuff? Um, we never cracked a Bible in three years. <laughs> what what so, did you crack? Like just different pamphlets or like one tradition like, book? or you know, was like it was like how to be a good person it was you know it was just you know it was like catholic yeah, traditions like yeah i mean uh part one class i had was like you know a whole bunch of stuff about theistic evolution you know about how the fundies are nuts and like here's why and you know so they like, they like specifically talked about how like what protestant or fundamentalist or evangelicals were crazy people that was a part of no, the children's education. No, I mean, education. they didn't even, it wasn't even a thing. It wasn't even, like, we didn't even, you know, we, I think that one teacher had an axe to grind about theistic evolution. Um, I'm trying to remember his mm. name. I mean, that was, like, 40 years ago, but, like, almost 40. <laughs> but, um, anyway, you know, it's like, the, the whole thing with, with like, and, and this is just regular in Catholicism, is like you're used to actually people like reading the Bible and like, you know, uh, if you're going to be a religious Catholic, you know, you would expect people to like pick up the Bible and read it. Like, no, like that is not what huh. Catholics do. Catholics do not read the Bible at all. 
like even a little bit. Um, Why do they make such a big deal about the apocrypha being in it, though? Just for argument's sake, just to yeah, to argue with Protestants. I mean, and and without the apocrypha, they don't get a lot of their doctrines, right? So like, purgatory goes completely away if you throw out the apocrypha. Well, did they tell you how to be like a good martyr and how it's like you're the ultimate thing to like, you know, get yourself killed for Christ or any of that stuff? No. Oh, like, did I tell you my, my, one of my good friends, um, they were, I mean, you know, they were one of the, probably like you Catholic, like, you know, they, they threw their kids in like CDD class or whatever, which is funny because that's also the name of like our road district that we pay to. It's a CDD tax. So every time they say that, anyways, it's like. CDD, I don't know what it stands for, probably Doctrination and Discipline or something. Um, yeah, maybe that's it, Catholic Doctrine and Discipline. Anyways, it, do you know what I'm talking about, CDD, or maybe it's called something different? Yeah, than, I had CDD. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it's, what does it stand for? Oh, I don't remember. I think it's something about okay, Confirmation. Anyway. So, confirmation okay, so, and so, I don't know. Yeah, so they, uh, as long as we've known them, they, they religiously took their children every Sunday uh, to, to, you know, the Catholic school or that thing, the CDD. And, but th- they never went like they, they just go for like, you know, um, if their kid had a, had something going on at church, they'd go or like, you know, a wedding or uh, very, very seldom like Christmas. Um, so probably like a Chris Catholic, uh, anyway, so that's how they've been raised their whole life. Um, but I guess, uh, you know, they knew I went to my very Protestant church with smoke and lasers anyway. So, uh, one day Lasers. he calls me. <laughs> he calls me. He's like, "You're not gonna believe this. You're not gonna believe this." Because he, he, okay. When we met this guy, he was like super, super liberal, like insane left liberal. And the only reason he probably didn't like, like we we got along at all, is just because I kind of, you know, kept my views to myself, which I like to think are fairly middle of the road, maybe right leaning, but not to like the nth degree. Um. Anyway, so I just didn't really talk about it a lot. Um. And anyway, so over time, he kind of found out more of what I think, and he started watching more stuff. And now he, like, went uber, uber convert. So he's, like, all the way the other direction now, where, you know, he started, like, looking into stuff. He's like, do you know there's the Pope's the conspiracy and the Vatican and all this stuff? I'm like, I mean, you know, people say it's conspiracy theory. I mean, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if everything you say is true. But, you know, I don't know about hard and fast proof we have. So we'll just wait. Anyway, so one day he calls me, like, on a, on a tirade, he's like, you're not going to believe this. We're never going to the Catholic church again. I'm like, blah, blah, blah. Satan runs that church, blah, blah, blah. Pedophiles. I'm like, whoa, what's going on? So apparently it was around the time of all the uh, brouhaha about the, the inappropriate, sexually explicit books for children going around in schools that they wanted to push. Like, uh, what was it? Like, it's okay to be queer or it's only right or it's only natural or something like that, where it shows like kids having sex with adults because, you know, it's liberal and loving and that's fine. Uh, anyway, so... Apparently, the Catholic Church and CDD, uh, which makes sense, you said they never cracked open a Bible. I guess this is what they were cracking open. It wasn't books to that level, um, but he said it was very, very similar stuff. Like, uh, you know, I, I guess it was like a, a Christian bent. He's like, so you're going to be confronted with pornography, and, uh, you know, here's some examples of that. So I guess it was more tame than, like, hardcore porn, but it, it was racy enough for him to, like, have a meltdown and freak out and, like, rip his kids out of the Catholic Church. And now they go to my church, and I've been going for a few months, and they couldn't be happier. Anyway, so there's your story time for today. There's Christian story time. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I I was just thinking about it. We actually had one nun that did crack the scripture one time, and it was (laughs) to have us memorize Psalm 139 because, you know, like abortion is like a big thing in the Catholic Church. Like, 
don't do abortion, you know, so, um, so yeah, so I think that, that we had one nun that was specifically just making us look at Psalm 139, fearfully and wonderfully made, which is fine, um, you know, but yeah, I, I mean, I had mainly like priests and nuns and, um, we had brothers that were part of the monastery stuff like that. So it was a Carmelite Catholic school. Interesting. So what do you think about the fasting thing? Not sure where, how we, uh, Oh yeah, I am sure you, you did it. Um, <laughs> what do you think about fasting, Chris? Do you ever do that for spiritual or other reasons? Man, I, you know what? I was thinking about this the other day. I have not fasted in quite a while. Like it's been, it's been a minute. So I think, um, yeah, I'm going to talk to my, my, my wife has a hard time with fasting because, and maybe this is why, you know, cause it just hasn't been a thing for us in a while because like she will literally pass out and smack her face into the floor because she has such a high metabolism that like, if she doesn't eat every two hours, like she's feeling faint. So Trust like in the Lord to sustain you, my brother. Yeah. Right. I know. It's just, oh, it's like a practical faith. thing. Like when she tries to fast, like she, she has like serious blood sugar issues. So Anyway, so I think that may be one of the reasons that we, as a family, haven't really done fasting. So, you know. My, well, I mean, let my, me tell myself, like, I, I mean, when I was, like, you know, fasting, I, I did it I, way more fasting for physical gains, like, uh, you know, physical reasons, like, you know, health, getting shape, losing weight, stuff like that, than religious <laughs> reasons. So I'm thinking, like, you know, my wife's like, oh, look, it counts for both. I'm like, I don't think it counts that way, right? Like, if I'm if I'm fasting for just, like, my my physical uh, ambitions, I don't think really God counts that, you know, like if I'm fasting for spiritual reasons, I think I probably need to be using that time to, you know, pray, meditate, read the Bible, you know, do something more holy than run on a treadmill. So I, I don't think that's a two, two birds, one stone thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, intentions and such, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, like I said, I think that, you know, when I have fasted in the past, it does serve to focus you on the things of God um, and it's, you know, it's a, it's, it's a good thing to, to do. Um, you know, Jesus's, uh, disciples didn't practice it while he was on earth because it was what he called the wedding feast was that, you know, when he was on earth, it was the wedding feast. Um, but then they did practice it later on. And so, yeah, you know, it's a whole thing. And don't forget the demons and only come out with prayer and fasting. Yeah, oh, that's a very interesting passage. Oh my gosh, do you, do you think if, uh, I, I want to hear why you think it's interesting, but do you think if lots of uh, Christian people here up on stage were uh, praying and fasting, would have a lot less atheists come in the room? <laughs> uh, maybe. Because, yeah, I mean, you know, de demon things, I just, yeah. Yeah, I mean. So, I, just I, joking, I not all atheists are possessed by demons, just a joke. Yeah, why is it an interesting passage for you? No, it's a, that well, that whole passage about the seventy and you know and, yeah. and prayer and fasting and yeah, it's a, that it's a long exegesis, but it's it's fascinating. But um, the other the other thing, you know, I want to. I know Sean's down there. We we still like have. Yeah, he he probably just can't come Sean up right now. Sean, you didn't get it. Um, there he is. There he is. Um, we got to talk through that um that book that we both read, um, uh, uh, what, what was it called? Uh, 
<laughs> it's been so long, I forgot the title of the book. Uh, Truth or Territory. So I know that, that you had some specific thoughts on that. And maybe what I need to do is is sit down and, and skim back portions and take some notes. And then we can do a room and talk through it, Sean. What do you think? Perhaps he's not speaking or maybe there's lots of noise in the background. I imagine he would say that's a good idea and that sounds good, which I think is what you guys decided to do last time. But now yeah, you are in the same conversation. Dropped on the wayside. Yeah, I, I hadn't, I just hadn't thought about it in a while. I would ask why, why I wasn't included in this book reading, but you know, as much as a big deal I've made about not reading books. I mean, you, literally, <laughs> I get you've it. said, I don't read books. So I was like, well, I would love <laughs> Nate to read this book. I know. Because I think Nate would find it incredibly fascinating. <laughs> but Nate is anti-literacy or something. I don't know. I did that to myself. Hey, I read plenty of books. I read just about every single day of my life. But for right. my reading time, I, uh, you know, I'll read like a, a spiritually weighted uh book maybe i don't know maybe once a year other than that like you know it's the bible but you know my, my reading since since i was like in high school like that's my time to decompress and and by the way i mean over the years i've read a decent amount of spiritual books but i mean you know that's just taken a lot of years um but yeah usually it's like fiction and stuff like that um well, mate, do you do audio books? Do you feel better with audio books or is that like, not Oh no, it's, it's the same thing. thing or... uh, yeah. Audio books okay. are hard. Cause I, I usually like, you know, rest my eyes and then I wake up and I'm like a few chapters away. I'm like, Oh, oops. Oops. <laughs> so yeah. Audio, audio books put me to sleep. Well, I mean, I, I have my, you. I have my Kindle. It's the first edition Kindle in like 2011 or 2013, whenever they first came out. Man, I love that thing. Like, I thought about updating it, but I read so many reviews because it's on, like, version 11 now. And so many people were saying, like, no, don't buy the new ones because uh, I guess they they did stuff to try to make more money or marketing and stuff. And they're like, just don't do it. Uh, so basically, I, I think they were saying, like, you – which I don't know how they do it, but it seemed like people were saying, like, you have to turn Wi-Fi on because, uh, like, with – I have a Kindle Unlimited subscription, but I read books so slow. Um, because I'll, I'll read like a chapter, maybe two a night on a good night. Cause I read right before bed. And in my old age, uh, you know, if I read like 20 minutes, like I am falling asleep hard. So I, I don't mm -hmm. get to read as much as I'd like. I keep trying to say, I'll just do, go to bed earlier and read earlier, but then I just fall asleep earlier. Um, anyway, the result mm -hmm. is I, I read books very, very slowly, not because I can't read, but because I read, you know, only a little bit each day. Um, but they were, they were complaining that uh, you have to like have the Wi-Fi enabled or something like that because they didn't want people doing what I guess I do, which is, you know, you can download like 10 books at a time, which now it's 20. Um, but you could download them and then I would just disable Wi-Fi uh, because, you know, it's like every every month it would renew or, or something like that. I, for, I forget how it worked because Kindle Unlimited doesn't have checkout times. Okay, anyways, I don't remember. But the point is um, I would just turn off Wi-Fi and keep the book until I finish the book because that makes sense. Um, but they were saying the newer models, they were they were having like checkout times. Was it Prime? Anyways, there was something that had a date to return by. And they didn't like people turning off Wi-Fi, so you had to enable it. Which means when the book was due, it would just automatically remove it from your from your thing. So that's why I haven't updated it. She was, man. Yeah, yeah I don't know I don't know what I'm talking about because Kindle Unlimited, as long as you pay the subscription. 
Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, I didn't want to pay the subscription every month. Yeah, so I would get the pres- yeah, get the subscription, well, get the book, then disable Wi-Fi because I'm like, well, I'll read like one book. It'll take me three months to read one book, so I don't want to have to pay thirty dollars to read one book. That's that's what it was. Yeah. Mm. So maybe that's bad. I don't know. Maybe it's a spiritual issue I need to work out. Like maybe if I want to read the book, I should just pay thirty dollars. I don't know. Maybe I'll maybe I'll pray about that when I fast. My wife is irritated because I generally dig, um, you know, paper books. So I'll buy the actual book. And then now our bookshelf is overflowing to the point where, I mean, I have a huge library bookshelf and it's just like, <laughs> it's, uh, it's not good. It's like books everywhere. So, you know, it took and me I quite a while that our floor is sagging. Ha 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 ha. So I was like, ah, oh, crap, i got to do something about that now. It took me quite a while to get on the bandwagon for the electronic book when it first came out, the e-readers. Um, now I'd never go back. Like, you know, I love, you know, the same argument. Like, oh, I love the smell of the books. I love the dust getting in my nose and making me sneeze. Like, you know, I, I liked, you know, paper books. But it was just so much more convenient because, you know, you didn't have to angle. Like, I hated angling. Like, when I'd, I'd like, be on the couch and i have the light behind me. It's like every time I'd switch to the other side of the book, I'd have to then like angle the book to get the light to hit on it. And then I, I read cheap paperbacks because I'm too you know poor to buy hardcover books. So I'd have to really like pull those things apart. And it, it was just a pain. And then like turning the pages, like it, it gets to just be a, a pain after a while. Um, but yeah, so I got the e-reader and never went back. I love that thing. It's great. Hey, Sean. Uh, Sean. Are you speaking, Sean? Good morning, first of all. And I want to go back to that topic you were talking about, uh, fasting and prayer. And that's something that's very important. Uh, We had a saying in the old church that I was involved with. If you don't fast, you won't last. If you don't pray, you won't stay. (laughs) That's pithy. I like that. Uh, The importance of fasting and prayer, I think, most folks would, if we would look at Isaiah 58 and we see what uh, the purpose, God's purpose of fasting. Huh? Excuse me? I said, said God appreciates you using your turn signal. That's what it sounded like. Yeah. Uh, God's, I said, if you look at God's purpose of, uh, for, for fasting, his, 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 God's, the fast that God calls us to do, uh, it's really a fasted life. But it's also, uh, that he says there are some very healthy benefits for, for fasting. It's not only for spiritual reasons, it's also for bodily functions and for it's good for your good. It's actually good for your um, your mind uh, to, to fast. And, it, and it, it really detoxes your body out of a lot of things. So fasting is very important and a lot of, uh, I think it's a becoming a lost art in the church uh, because uh, a lot of people think, well, that was just Old Testament. And I said, no, no. Paul fasted. Jesus fasted. <laughs> and Jesus is our example of, of all things. So fasting is very important. Well, that was what I was talking about at the beginning, I think, before you got here about how it, you know, detoxifies stuff. And, you know, your body will, will actually, like, eat itself in a good way like you know any like not any i mean it's not a cure-all like you know lots of like you know weird stuff going on in your body or things like that uh that shouldn't be there 
I mean, you know, if you fast, like your body is hungry. So it'll, a lot of times eat up a lot of the nasty stuff running around in your body or blood or whatever. And it'll just like, you know, detoxify is another word, but you know, it'll just like eat up all the, all the stuff that's, you know, a lot of times harmful to you. So, you know, I think there's a reason uh, that a lot of world religions and philosophies stumbled onto it. I mean, you know, for Christianity and others, I guess, um, you know, we believe it has spiritual benefit, but I mean, you know, it also has physical benefit. Which, I mean, everyone knows, like you said, it's a lost art. You know, like, why would medical doctors recommend it when, you know, they can sell you other stuff? And, uh, you know, so there's a lot more stuff behind it and maybe why it's a dying art and why it's encouraged to be a dying art. Um, well, um, uh, there are some doctors now who are recommending intermittent fasting, uh, meaning you fast from, like, at night to or 11 to 8. Yeah, uh, sixteen hour fast. Yeah, see, I know it's sometimes when I go go to the VA and I I have to give blood, they want me to do 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 some fasting before I for at least twelve hours before I uh, give the blood. So uh, it's it's uh, it's interesting um, how there's there's there. I don't know what it is with the VA, but they're very very very. Uh, adamant about the certain things. Well, I mean, that's, well, yeah, I mean, whenever, yeah, I mean, that's, that's standard. I, I don't know if I'd say that's fasting and, you know, the way we're talking about, because I mean, before like any medical procedure or stuff, like, you know, that's like common practice that everyone wants you to fast. Um, so, I mean, yeah, technically fasting for like 12 hours, but I don't, I mean, you know, the spirit behind it is so they could get like, you know, un, un messed up feedback from whatever they're doing. Um, right. Um, but I, I, I agree. Spiritual, this one is one of the benefits of spiritual. Uh, spiritual benefits is that you hide yourself not from your own flesh. <laughs> so, uh, and you know that means when we take that good look in the mirror, and we don't like what we see sometimes, <laughs> and say, "Okay, this is the area I need to clean up. This is why I'm on this fast. God wants me to clean up this area. God wants me to clean up that area." And that's very important about fasting and praying. But it's but it's with fast. It's not just a fast. It's fasting and praying. As a matter of fact, I think even Ahab caught hold of that <laughs> when he fasted for a while, <laughs> a little bit. And the Lord said, "I will give him a little deliverance." <laughs> so that was funny to me. Do you guys hear my dog or cat like meowing like? an insane animal like I, I hear that thing through my headphones right now mm, no no oh okay well good i guess is it your cat or is it your demon they're not mutually exclusive that's true <clears throat> all right well this is fun hey john hey rico oh hey jimmy what's up man been a while hope all is well feel free to jump up and Ask a question, chime in, type something in chat. I gotta, I gotta check out for just a minute because I gotta grab my father-in-law. <clears throat> well, just in time. What's up, Random? Good morning. Are you bringing uh, cookies and questions for us? Good morning. 
I feel on the spot. <laughs> yeah, you kind of are. Blame Chris. No pressure. We can we can have a moment of silence if you'd like. Oh man, I just woke up. Silence. <laughs> well, back to bed then with you. Let's see. I, I saw there were some other conversations going on. I don't remember any of them now. Is anybody else? What was it? oh one was about I think the, the rapture or something like that, but we kind of talked about that yesterday. Well, we were talking about fasting and the benefits of that. Uh, health or spiritual? Both. Uh, I started off uh, health, but both. Where do you stand on that? Probably from the health perspective. Yeah, probably. From, uh, honestly, I haven't actually looked into it a whole lot. I don't. I'm. I i do not know enough. Oh. Well, it's uh, it's good. So uh, there you go. That's 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 all I got for you today. I mean, except you know Jesus and follow him. Where are you driving to, Sean? You know, I thought. <laughs> what? It's just those awkward, awkward pauses in Congress. You know, I almost thought about just like going, going to some like news site or something, getting like uh, whatever's going on in the world of, of spiritual news to chat about for these dead times, because I always start early and it takes, uh, I guess, atheists um, like random uh, a longer to wake up. <laughs> so it usually doesn't pick up. And once it does pick up, I'm like, oh, my gosh, can, can like 20 people just stop talking and let like, you know, the, the 10 people who want to talk, talk. Um, so, you know, when it rains, it pours. But I thought, like, maybe I should just prepare a little bit, just a little bit, and, like, get some articles or something news going on to chat about during these dead times, which I had fun, right? That was the fasting thing. But, you know, I, I did that before anyone even got here. So by the time you guys got here, it's like, oh, yeah, fasting's okay. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. <clears throat> I've got a question. Thank you. <laughs> yes, what? What is that little red balloon thing near my neck? Is that perhaps an uh, anniversary balloon? Have you been on Clubhouse for like a year? By any um, chance? I, I honestly don't know, but I suppose it's possible. It's an anniversary I, balloon. Anytime you hit a year or another on Clubhouse, they give you the red balloon on the day that you joined. Well, there you go. I guessed right. What's up, bubs? What's up? How's your day going? Do you uh, prefer, which why, why would you? I'm sure someone out there would. To, or maybe not do you prefer, but do you, do you, no, also the answer is going to be no. I don't know. Where do you stand on sheet music? Like I, you know, because I, I, apparently I don't like books Absolutely. and reading. Absolutely. Yeah. People <clears throat> yeah, so, who claim to be musicians without reading sheet music, eh, I'm wary of them. So, well, I, I, I won't say without reading sheet music, but this goes to a preference, like, um, since, uh, you know, we talked about how I hate reading and stuff, which I mm -hmm. don't, but certain, th I just don't get around to it that much. So, I mean, I can read sheet music. I, I do read sheet music, but I don't like to read it because pretty much all the stuff I play is stuff I want to play and stuff I want to play. I already know things like tempo and melody. Um, so, you know, there's, there's not a whole lot of benefit sheet music gives me. 
because I already like know by heart the stuff I want to play. Um, however, if I'm like learning something new, which you know usually doesn't happen because I'm not trying to learn a lot of stuff with sheet music, because if I have to learn it, that means I don't know it. And if I don't know it, it means I probably don't like it enough to want to play it. Uh, anyway, so that was where I was getting at. Like in your day-to-day, -day, the stuff you know by, by now, like you probably don't need to read sheet music for because you just know it. Um, so what's your preference to play just by feel, like all jazzy style, or by having like very strict, rigorous, like sheet music telling you what well, to do? It, it just depends on the context because I'm classically trained and I do both <clears throat> jazz and classical and jazz and classical run two different ways completely when it comes to that, I guess, topic. Like the sheet music is absolutely... Therein lies the question. It's important. It's important in both cases, absolutely, because if you don't have the sheets in front of you, you don't know what scales you're even going to have to improv or solo over, or what mm -hmm. type of modes you're even going to be playing in, or necessarily what the time even is on the piece. So yeah, even though somebody could like love Guns and Roses and have a general idea, general idea of how to play Sweet Child of Mine, that doesn't guarantee they're going to understand how to solo on that. If they want to, I guess, do their own solo rather than Slash's solo because they don't even know what the hell the chord progression is there. So they can't solo over it if they don't know what the theory and the chord progression is over it, unless they would just want to cheat and use one pentatonic skill the whole time, but. Or they cheat by using tabs. Oh no, I don't call. It, I, I don't think tabs is necessarily cheating. I think tabs is a good introduction for people <clears throat> that want to try to understand and get into sheet music because tabs has been updated today to include sh some type of uh, theory notation as well. So I'm not completely well, right. against sheet music anymore, or not, not completely against uh, tab anymore. Not sheet music. But then it goes to, you know, preference, right? Because some stuff, you're, you're probably always going to need sheet music. So if you want to play, like, really a classical masterpiece, you're, you're probably not going to remember everything by heart. If you yeah, remember, and, like, and you, you know, and you don't need to take my opinion on this as, as anything. Just take it with a grain of salt because I'm a classical purist. I'm a, I'm a big purist when it comes to a lot of music stuff. So you're going to see me giving a lot of, I guess, niche takes. So if someone says to you while you're playing, like, you know, your nightclub scene, Hey, Bubs, play some Lady Gaga. Are you going to be like, I mean, you, you can't say no because you're being paid to play. Um, so are you going to be like, if, it, if it's uh, what I agreed uh, to pay to, I mean, I'll do it. But right, I mean, so are you going to be like, for... give me the sheet music or yeah, sure. I got an idea. Let me just play this thing. Well, if they if they have, if, if it's like at a live performance and they call it out and it's a piece that I don't know. If I will try on the internet to look up any type of sheet music that I see for it first to make it easier on myself rather than have to, having to figure it out by ear. But if I have to figure it out by ear, that's my last resort option. I always go for the sheet music first so I can make sure that I'm in tune with everyone else that's around me. Uh, just like if I, if I'm getting paid, if I'm getting paid to play it and I signed up for it. Yeah, sure. I'll agree to it. But if somebody came up out of nowhere in that audience and was just like, can you play Lady Gaga? Like, no, dude. Why the hell do I want to play Lady Gaga? It's trash pop. I'm good. <laughs> I was just trying to imagine the type of venues you play in. I thought you said, I thought you said like clubbed, like club type environments or something. I didn't, uh, I didn't imagine a lot of like recital halls. But I mean, you know, I guess you do, right? What, what's yeah, your I, I do. I do lots of recital halls, jazz bars, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. What's your preference? jazz bars for sure those are those were really fun when i used to do them a lot i've i've slowed down going to them because it's a long drive but man those jazz bar gigs are always really fun to go to so it's good that somebody will request something like uh 
Mercy, Mercy, Mercy by Colin. Yes, Bates. yes. I've played Mercy, Mercy, Mercy before. Or Mr. Yeah. Magic by Grover Washington <clears throat> Jr., which is actually my favorite jazz piece. Of Correct. Like if, like if someone <laughs> comes up to me and asks for Thelonious Monk or Lady Gaga, I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask for Thelonious Monk instead. I'm gonna ask for Charlie Parker instead. I'm gonna ask for Maynard <clears throat> Ferguson, especially Maynard Ferguson. I'm gonna ask for Sandoval. I'm gonna ask for Dizzy Gillespie. I'm gonna ask for Charlie Parker, et cetera, et cetera. Miles and then. Oh, hang on a sec. I was going to say, we'll get to you one second, person. I just have one more question for Bubs. Um, oh, and what was it? Oh, yeah. What do you think, since you're like a such a sheet music monster, um, what what do you think that stands on or part of it plays in your, uh, in your theology? Because, you know, you picked one that's very studious and, uh, you know, kind of like if you could say what theology goes with sheet music, I'd say yours. Yeah. So what, what plays a part in that versus me who pr- prefers – to just like you know, grab a couple chord charts. I don't need the exact. I, I know it by heart enough. So give me the chords, you know, and I'm good to go. And versus my theology, that's very very you know, repent, believe the gospel. Don't worry so much about tertiary issues. What would you say? Little to like half so to I, no part. I would I would say that at least from your side, you from you guys's perspective, and I guess your perspective, it's a lot more historically been a lot more on the emotion-based side rather than the empirics-based side or the philosophical side. And in the reform tradition, academia and that philosophical type of discussion has historically always been extremely important, especially in the Presbyterian church. So that tradition goes down in our church history of our Presbyterian church and having that go down between all Presbyterians and then having us be studious at the same time is just something that's common within the tradition that's been passed down from the people that were there before us, like Knox, etc. All right. Uh, Persian, what's up? How are you doing? Not too bad. How are you? Good, good. Good, good. I just wanted to ask, I saw the title, ask a question, you know, I thought I'd come and ask. Um, do you believe that Christianity stems from Mithraism? Uh, no, but I, I thought we talked before, I thought you were uh, a Christian, but I guess no, not. No, no, no. Maybe someone else, well, I think. I've got Christian friends, good people, I'm a Zoroastrian now. Oh, what were you before? Nothing. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, Unfortunately, I was born into Islam uh, <laughs> due to being in Iran. Um, having been born in Iran, and uh, you know Iran being such a such a democracy, uh, huh. but um, no, no one in Iran believes in Islam. Oh, well, but, see, um, Chris, what happens when I try to take an interest in people and remember? I get it wrong. <laughs> um, nah, it, no, I don't think I, I don't think uh, Christianity, and I think you know anyone that gives it a fair look uh, is going to come to the conclusion real quick that it is in can no I tell way, you, shape, or can form. I, can I tell you my view, Nate? And then you, yeah, sure, sure. Can I tell you my view if that's mm-hmm. all right? Just in general. About certain things, you know, which kind of where the origins in less than one minute. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's fine. Okay. I, mean, I mean, keep it keep it super short because you know, I mean, it's like asking sure, Christian. Sure. Not I'll try and be up. very, very, very concise. How everything Go for it. Appeared, okay, happened. It was you know, it was all staged in the seventh century, in my opinion. Seventh century was a very curious century in the first half because for seven hundred years the Persians and the Romans were at war. Constantine had adapted Christianity as the official religion of his empire because he didn't want his uh, soldiers' religion, which was Mithraism at the time, to have stemmed from his enemies, which were the Persians. Uh, the fifth initiation grade out of the seven in Mithraism is even called Perses, which means Persian, which resembles the moon. Um, also, at the same time, I'll try and break it very short, um, you know, there was this uh, you know, kind of war, consistent war. If you look at early Christianity, 
you'll see that you know it had a lot of you know uh, symbolisms and you know um, practices from Islamism. And how it's evolved now is a whole different story. But I believe that was the century which defined what would happen for the next thousand years, uh, whether it be the Crusades or the Jihad or the Islamic Saracens. You know, but what happened was that uh, the the Muslims, the Arabs, when they came to the north, they saw two empires who had tired each each other out, exhausted each other's armies. They were fatigued. They saw a gold mine and they literally picked it up, and that's what it was. That's my opinion, anyway. Well, thank you for keeping it short. Steph uh, had no faith in you. She said it was not going to be one minute. So I'm impressed. He pulled it off. Yeah. <laughs> when you open with in the seventh century, you say, I'm going to tell you my beliefs and then say in the seventh century. I, I don't think. But he did it. He did it. Yeah, I tried. And I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, I remember it was around, uh, oh, what was it? it? Was We did a whole room on this thing. It was like the comparisons, quote, compare or similarities between, um, Mithraism and something else was a Horus. I don't remember, but it was Mithraism, something else, like the, the quote, similarities between uh, Christianity or Jesus. Um, and then when you read what the similarities are, they're really not so similar at all. Um, off the top of my head, I don't remember, but I know we did a whole thing on this. We can find it in the archives. But does anyone off the top of their head want to speak to that? I mean, well, I mean, yeah. look, you know, the breaking of bread and wine. That comes from mysteries, and that was a mysterious ritual which they did in the in the underground mm -hmm. temples. Except they yeah. also added uh, the except nothing you're saying is mushrooms. historically accurate. Nothing you're saying. No, is no, no. I'm saying they originate. Look, why do we have seven days a week? Why not eight or six? Because at the time uh, they uh, had only discovered seven planets, and yeah, in mysticism had seven initiation grades. It all kind of relates. If you look at the early Christian symbol, which is called Chi Rho, C H I space R H O. You'll see it's got Alpha and Omega sign on left and right. The Alpha logo uh, very much resembles the Freemason logo, which later came about, and it eventually has evolved as that. You know, what I'm saying is there's a lot of these, you know, kind of behind-the-scenes powers which, you know, play the world at large. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. There you go. Or humans are natural pattern seekers and people that don't know anything about his history or theology start to draw conclusions based on seeing patterns and things that are completely unrelated, which is what you're doing. That's, that's what okay. you, no, I've read, I've like read books. You, I can give you books. Um, you gave us histories, the books last time. Mysteries of Mythos by Franz Kumar, for instance. Yeah, yeah, we, we, you gave us the books last time you were here. We looked them up, and they're all pseudoscience, and they're laughed at by actual scholars. So, and can like, I ask you, you know, um, what cool. you would find to be actual scholars? Is it would it be someone who's actually graduated and studied, and you know, been studious in a people field who for are years? working in the field in a major university or seminary? Like Dr. Bowen, for instance. Dr. Yeah, Bowen. so has Franz Kumar. I can give you others. There's one called Dr. Jason Reza Georgiani. Uh, He's well, hang on. Real, wrote books about him. Well, yeah, so real quick, I was just I was just looking. Hello? Is this thing on? Go on, um, mate, mate. So real quick, I was looking. Let me like, post this little article at, top, at the top so you can see. But I think it's interesting. So the first thing I'd say is, first of all, you know, Jesus talks about the golden rule. That's not unique to Christianity. Does that mean, you know, um, Christianity has now co-opted the golden rule from somewhere else or other people? Because the golden rule is like, you know, there's some version of it everywhere. Like pretty much every philosophy or religion has some sort of version of the golden rule. So 
if some things are similar, that could totally be by happenstance because people have a good head on their shoulders that can come up with some decent moral guidelines, I dare say, because they're created in the image of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that Jesus. Um, so I, I think that's why if you do see some similarities, and some could be ripoffs, like, you know, you can totally find some people ripping off other people. We call that plagiarism. Um, look at our dear leader but I, I, over where I am. But just because some things are similar doesn't also mean they're the same. So I, I, would, I would say that to start. But then there are other things that people will like to ascribe to Mithraism and say Christianity borrowed from it. But these are foretold prophecies. So if anyone ripped off somebody, maybe the people in Mithraism saw some of the Old Testament and Jewish writings, and they're like, hey, let's make this thing fit. Um, and they could fit some, but out of like, you know, what, like the, the 400 or something related to Jesus um, or prophecies in the Old Testament, um, you know, Mithraism could only perhaps, I'm not saying this totally happened, but if they wanted to force some prophecies, they could only come up with a handful. So, I mean, if anyone stole from anyone, it would be Mithraism stealing from the Old Testament because these are prophecies that were foretold that Jesus fulfilled, and he filled all of them versus, you know, if someone wanted saying, to come up with that, well, then let me finish. Well, hang on. If you want me to, if you appreciate it, let me finish it. Um, so the point is, if um, anyone wanted to steal from anyone, that could potentially be the people in Mithraism who stole some similarities from the Old Testament and said, look, now these are fulfilled, where Jesus is like, well, you know, hold my wine and grape juice, <laughs> and uh, he fulfilled them all. Anyways, that's what I was going to say. Mithraism predates the Old Testament. <clears throat> but the prophecy. No, it doesn't. The yes, prophecy comes from India. It originated there, oh, like, from the Hindu Vedics. No. Okay, wait. Wait, hang on, guys. Wait, wait, hang on. Wait, wait. Real quick, hang on. And then let's check in with Evangel. So just a couple clarifying things. One, I'm talking about the prophecies. Um, two, <laughs> uh, don't answer yet. When do you say Mithraism first began in India? Because if we're going to say it predates, you know, the Old Testament, what Old Testament? Because regardless of the age of the earth or what people claim, the Old Testament goes to the beginning of matter, to the be before there were planets. So those are some questions I, I have for you. So, Persian, uh, when do you believe Mithraism began? Was it like 10, 20, 30,000 years ago? Because our Bible no, goes to No, it would have been like maybe 5,000 years ago. But the thing is, you said that the New Testament began then. Here's the thing. From my understanding, and not just Christianity, also Islam, also Judaism, also Zoroastrianism, and many others, they're all, uh, well, I don't want to use that word, they're all adaptations of their predecessors you know so for instance like um christianity is an adaptation of judaism uh, islam is an adaptation of christianity doesn't um, exist in the record until long after christ's resurrection so like well, that I mean, that's just you know a what it fact. is there's, there's one more thing look wait i want to interrupt okay mithraism doesn't appear in the record anywhere until well into the first century, right? Yes, because he spread it into right, the right, Roman right, soldier right, right, right. So, 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 so it doesn't predate the Old Testament. All right, and, it does. and the other, the other, it does because. Just, well, okay, you keep saying it. It's does. like I'm getting like a bombardment of questions, post, and I don't post can't. a link. Either post a link showing us that Mithraism is the root of all world religions, and you know you can prove this with your pseudo scholars. Either I'm not saying it's old world Shut religion. up about it. Quit keep saying, keep saying, you keep making claims and then not backing them up with anything. What we're telling you is that uh, 
Christianity does not borrow from Mithraism. The first Christians, the early Christians, didn't even encounter Mithraism until the fourth century. So this nonsense that Mithraism is a, you know, a predecessor to Christianity and Christians were stealing doctrines from Mithraism is just pseudoscience nonsense that literally no scholars believe. But I do want to hear why you think it predates the Old Testament. I'm kind of interested. Since you and and like specifically since you conceded that it doesn't appear in the record, there's got to be some like some sort of bloodline Da Vinci Code kind of thing that makes you think it predates the Old Testament. I'm interested. I'm along for the ride. Well, look, here's the thing. This is my understanding from this is you know what I've looked at, and um, hold on. Yeah. So basically, uh, what Mithraism was, uh, it was originally state, uh, started in uh, India in like maybe five to ten thousand years ago. It spread down down to in the as the Aryan people travelled to the west, which was uh, Iranian plateau. It spread to amongst the Iranian people, and then uh, it kind of um, worked its way to the amongst the Roman soldiers. It was a very popular religion. It was called Sol Invictus Mithras, Mithras the Undying Sun, the Eternal Sun. And uh, a lot of us, uh, theo- can I just finish, please? Guys? I, I said, yeah, yeah, finish. go ahead. Sorry, yep. Sorry. That was apologize. my baby interrupting um, you. My you. No, 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 babies? I'm so sorry. I, I've got, I do apologize. I didn't realize it was you. Uh, my apologies. Um, sorry. I feel bad now. No, 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 but, it was um, my baby. It, you're fine. Go ahead. Sure. No, 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 I'm so sorry. I didn't realize it was a baby. I would never, never have. I'll mute, I'll mute. <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry. But what I'm saying is, look, um, if, uh, like, you know, what, for example, uh, we have the winter solstice and the summer solstice, right? So the long, and the winter solstice being the longest night of the year, summer solstice being the longest day of the year. So from winter solstice onwards, obviously, they start getting longer, and summer solstice onwards, they start getting shorter. So they say in the theology of it that Mithras was born on the 25th of December, which thousands of years ago uh, was the winter solstice, and Mithras was the god or goddess, well, god of light, uh, uh, born from the moon and the sun, uh, from a rock. Apparently, I don't. I'm not supporting. I'm just telling you what I've learned, you know read. Well, okay. And so, basically, so I'm um, interested, and I don't. Mean let to, me just finish, please. Well, wait a minute. Let me just I, finish. I, I want to keep you on track, though, because I am interested in. You know, it's an interesting history. But my question was specifically, why do you believe that this predates the Old Testament if it doesn't appear anywhere in any records? And you say the because the it was oral, history, history. oral tradition, Steph. Okay. <laughs> it was an oral tradition. But look, here's the thing. What I'm saying is Mithraism was obviously like, you know, overtaken by Zoroastrianism. But if you look at that 7th century, a lot of the old religions started to decline. There was a new religious order, you know, at large. And if you look at the whole concept of like, for instance, the, the feudal system in the medieval uh, you know, uh, world, a lot of it comes from the Sasanian Persia before the Arab invasion. A lot of that concept, like, you know, for example, the, 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 the caste system and the hierarchy and what you're born as and so on. But what I'm saying is that sticking to Mithraism, Mithraism, a lot of its symbologies and, you know, practices resemble things which are passed on. For example, you look at, look at Islam with the crescent moon and the star. That comes from Mithraism. The Islam, you know, because the fifth initiation grade was Persian. Well, great. Go so, for it. So, wait, I have, I have one more question for you. I'm not fighting anything. Just... I'm simply speaking to people. <laughs> no, you're not fighting. fighting. I've got no, no, I'm just having a chat. Yeah, you're fine. But but then you go on these tangents sort of explaining, but, you know, then, then okay. So I guess my question is, you have extraordinary faith, right? And you're evangelizing on behalf of a belief system that doesn't have a record 
prior to the first century that you're relying on the oral tradition and that scholars generally dismiss as, you know, as an interesting cultural phenomenon that was short-lived, right? But if you're going to have that level of faith, why not place it in something that has a lot more roots in scholarship and history? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, you're taking an extraordinary leap of faith that I actually have a lot of respect for and you're putting it in a place that seems far beneath your intellect is that and I don't mean that to sound rude I'm just curious that's fine look I'm just sharing two links you can look into it if you like you can ignore it if you like but um you know simple there's no mystery I'm about to join by the way you know, uh, just so you know, um, I'm just telling you. So, are you, so what is your end game? Are you evangelizing on the Zoroastrian all, religion? No, or are you just attempting of course not. To, are you no, attempting honestly. to bring down uh, Christianity and just no. uh, say that it's all a, I'm a saying, silly, no, 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 I swear to you, this, uh, my problem is not with Christianity at all. What I'm telling you is this. Look, how I look at the world is that, for instance, the world we live in today, and the world which was the ancient world, you know, after the fall of antiquity. Uh, how I look at it is that there are, look, right now, we live in a world which is a continuation of those who ruled back then, in my opinion. Does that make sense? No. So no, if you no. relate um, our world in large. Can you, but can but, you just tell us, tell us what your end game is? That Christianity is false because it's a silly thing. No, Christianity is not false. I don't, I don't okay, say it's false or so, true. Well, what I'm saying is wait, that wait, Christianity wait, was inspired hey. by Mithraism as well. Okay, right. Everything first, isn't... Let... Right. Oh, okay, let me... Okay, so we're getting somewhere. So if we just agree to everything you're saying and don't challenge any of it because we believe all of it, then do you just say, okay, thanks, that's all I wanted to say? No, or do you I would say, be disappointed. Let me tell you because more. I would tell... No, not at all. I would say... Don't take my word for it. Don't believe me. Just do your own research and you know make your own decision. Okay, and then if we do Just our like own research and okay, so if we do our own research and come to the exact same conclusion you did, then would you say great? Glad we all have the same understanding, or would you, no, like what would you say? No, I would say just then? be happy that I'll share the you know I've been able to you know pass on knowledge. Okay, simple. Um, oh well, okay. So, well, so there's no end for... game. So we get <clears throat> this. Uh this Gnostic, you know, like super special knowledge, and then we just do nothing with it? No, but the thing is, when you have knowledge, like, when you understand something... What do we something, do with it? What do we do look, with let me this tell you knowledge? This. Let's, say let me I, tell you. let's say I have become your first convert. What now? What do I do now? You just exist, so I bro. believe that Christianity is all about My convert. There is Mithraism no is the true religion. is obsolete, Chris. No, Even I if you wanted that. to, I'm saying you I'm, I'm going to convert to whatever <laughs> you are because clearly you have the truth. Now what? What do I have to do? I'm just trying to get at the end game here, Prince. You don't have to do anything, mate. You live your life as you do. Okay. Uh, Vangel, I've been saying we'll. I've been saying we'll get to you for a while. What's up, Vangel? Good morning. Not much, man. I'm in the safe place. <laughs> That's good. Uh, Edward, what's up? Hey. How are you doing? Not too bad. I have a question. Sure, sure. Okay. I don't know if you discussed this before. Probably, yeah. But, all right. In the Garden of Eden, do you have any thoughts on why Satan came to Eve? He didn't actually tempt Adam. He didn't go to Adam and try to seduce, tempt Adam. He, he went to Eve first. Do you think he knew something that 
female nature. Somehow he had knowledge <laughs> that female nature was more prone to being seduced and confused than male nature. Any thoughts? No, let's go back. Let's, to let's, let's let Skip answer that one. Yeah. yeah I prefer, so anyway, back to Mithra, our uh, our god. Like. <laughs> Our blessed Mithras. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, if uh, honestly, a couple ways to think about it would be because the Bible doesn't get us, give us a whole lot of information. The Bible just says, you know, she was deceived. So, why did Satan know something? I mean, I think it's it's logical to think. Well, you know, Adam was first, so you know he had a little bit more time with God. Um, no matter how much, it was technically more than Eve. Um, so maybe by Adam being the first creation, maybe Satan just took a shot in the dark and he's like, okay, well, let's not go to the first thing God created that maybe he has um, a stronger, different, uh, longer relationship with. Let me just go ahead and start with the second one. Not because women are so dumb or women are so stupid, but maybe it was just he was taking a shot and doing math. And he's like, well, Adam knows God a little bit longer and maybe their relationship's a little bit stronger so Adam will be a little bit more hesitant to listen to me. Perhaps that's the only reason. Also, or maybe he observed for a while and, you know, Eve was, uh, Eve was cooking the meals a little bit wrong. And, and Adam's like, no, Eve, don't you know how to saute? And he's like, oh, yes, this is my mark. <laughs> so also, just really quick, for all the brothers in here, never complain. Oh, what happened? Oh, oh man. What? 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 No. Oh, See, this is why women shouldn't be in positions of power right now. Okay. Oh, so demonstrating so, it right now. First, so first, for all the brothers, never, and I mean never complain when your spouse is indecisive ever again. Because the one time women did have the decision and did know what they wanted to eat, they doomed all of humanity. Wow. Oh, that's a pretty good point. It's buddy. not though. Oh, it is. My wife never knows. Like, we're gonna go out somewhere. It's is like, that part of their curse? Wasn't written yep. down? Is that is that part of the oral yeah. tradition that never made it into a canon? Well, that's I mean, why. I think it's written there. I think it's right there. I think it's like you know she was decisive about eating the the fruit. And the one I decision mean, that she was hell-bent on ended up dooming all of us. Congratulations. I mean, the, I mean, the unspoken, the unwritten curse that came from it. Like, you know, the childbearing is in there, but the unwritten curse that came from, you know, because she was decisive, now she will be cursed with indecisiveness for all time. Seems to check out. I mean, but I don't want to say we need is, to add books to the Bible, but... Man, I'm, I'm just saying that this should Bobby, be dogmatic. Something here, man. This I is know, great exegesis. I, know, bro. I have just I'm... noticed there are zero other women in this room. Amazing. Wait, Francis. <laughs> Hold on, Francis. I see Linda down there. Help me. Francis, Linda. Okay, Francis and Linda. There we go. Ladies, Do you not let's, let's go start women? our own room. Yeah, start your, start your own room. Go I find some more apples you know, uh, I have I have a I have a curiosity because yeah. when Edvin asked the question, I I am curious why the answer of I don't know never came up. Because only a woman could give that answer. True. Gosh. Oh yeah. boy. Just like stuff. See what I did there. Well, I mean, I think I don't know was implied, right? I said there's only so much the Bible tells us, and then I said I think it's you know perfectly logical to think this. So I mean, 
I mean, sure, someone would have pressed, but so you don't really know, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it just happens that it, it wasn't asked that way. But yeah, I mean, we ultimately yeah. don't know. But I mean, I, I think, mean, again, like the things I mentioned are perfectly reasonable. Yeah, right, I mean, you, may, you may, I'm sorry, Nate. Yeah, you may, that's a, a possibility that, you know, Adam knew God uh, longer than Eve. And so that she might, he might conclude that Eve... Uh, less grounded, maybe in the truth, but that's it. I don't think I ever thought of that. But go on, thank you, Chris. Did you want to say something? Curious what your thoughts are. Don't, don't mean to put you on the spot, Chris, but I mean thoughts. So the argument is given by Paul in First Timothy two, right? That Eve was first, de- de- you know, deceived by the serpent. Um, this is given as a reason for women not being in leadership. Right? That's that is it, it's right there. So I mean, you could make well, that, that argument. Well, but well, that's well, the reverse. Right. We, 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 well, yeah, we know it. We know it. That's how. That's a matter of fact. How it happened. We don't know why it happened. So we don't know why Eve was first. We don't know why that. That's what I was saying. Like we don't know why the devil picked Eve to talk to rather than Adam. So we we know the outcome of it, and that's why you know women um, can't be pastors. Um, yeah. But we don't know why Eve was the first target of Satan. I mean, Paul got to a conclusion. So I think that. We can say, though, that had Adam been offered first, he still would have said yes. Because Perhaps. when he was offered, he said yes. Right? Yeah. So I mean, it could, and again, this is wild speculation. And I'm not trying to let Eve off the hook. I think, you know, I have other thoughts on, you know, I'm not exactly uh, liberal in my views of women in the church or anything. But it's like I, I, he did like at the end of the day, he still made the choice to take the bite. Would it have been different? Like, would he have recognized the serpent and said no? Um, is it because it came from Eve? And, and you know, is that like, did the snake know that the, did the serpent know that if he tempted Eve, then that would be a better way to get to Adam? Like maybe. So, I mean, but at the end of the day, I think that it would have turned out the same no matter who was offered first. No. And it would have had, I mean, eventually there would have had to be a fall, right? Because the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world, this was always going to be the plan. This was always going to happen. So at some oh, point, man. the fall would have had to happen. Chris, not one word. <laughs> I, for, I, for one, enjoy Calvinist Nate. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Steph. Just Someone else question. was going to say something. <laughs> so just a serious question, Steph. At the marriage supper of the lamb, when everybody's grabbing, like, you know, tables and chairs and stuff. Um, I assume. Uh, will you mean girl um, Eve and be like, nah, not you. You're not sitting at this lunch table. No, I actually feel for Eve, you know, like I had, and here's why I had three easy labors. So Eve doesn't really bother me. My three children were born without my, <laughs> so, you know, that, that's just me though. No, but the reality is that we're all Eve, right? If I would, I it's, it's we're easy. all Eve. We are like it. It's easy to look back and be like, oh my gosh, we read the story, we know what happens. Come on, Eve, blah blah blah. But it's like we we do this daily. We do the same thing that she did every day. So I will not mean girl Eve. She can sit with me at the table. <laughs> all right. Yeah, it could have been that. Uh, it it could have been that Eve has a greater influence on on Adam than. Satan would, so he would try to go through uh, the person that would be able to influence him. Or make I think that's about yeah. I mean, she was perfectly the reasonable too. She yeah, was. The we don't know. Because so, yeah. I mean, look at Samson. 
Oh, just briefly, uh, yeah, I think you're onto something, Vanya, because interesting when God came to Adam, he, he chastised and he says, you know, you have hearkened to your wife. Listen to the voice of your wife. So I think that could, maybe Satan knew that he would be um, using Eve because he Adam cared for Eve, and that maybe Adam didn't want to upset Eve or something. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. Go ahead, Vanya. Go sorry. You know, it said he needed a helpmate, but... I wonder, for heretic's sake, if God just, you know, created a bunch of, you know, quote, helpmates, but maybe not in, in exactly Eve's way. And it was just a bunch of, like, androgynous, non-sexual uh, bros. And there's like, bro, help me build the shelter. Bro, help me pick this coconut. Bro. I mean, I don't know. And, and maybe reproduction was done through, is it mitosis, where you just, like, split into another bro? Like, what if that just happened all through the ages? I don't know. There's a there's a good nightmare for you. I like that idea. Okay, wait, random. I see you typing away in the chat, and I know you've tried to get in here. But listen, we're speculating. So much supposition. Yes, <clears throat> what Edwin has asked us to do is speculate on something that's not written. Is this, why is this bothering you? Underwritten. Well, no, the question was, was it because Eve was a woman? We don't really have that answer, right? Uh do not okay it's so wait fathers the though they got a little wanna... bit to say about eve and that off wait but... a minute bobby oh, i want to know why it bothers random that we are speculating on something that's not explicitly written uh that's a fair question so it, it bothers me because so often especially when i was a christian or as some people might say when i thought i was a christian um i uh I saw so often people jumping to conclusions uh, because they're trying to make sense of something without any sort of textual backing whatsoever. Uh, and then from that supposition, people actually run with it and people actually draw further conclusions and they build upon supposition. And well, I, yeah, I, I think it happens yeah. really often. You're not wrong. You are right. That's but the entire it's the entire charismatic movement. <laughs> but in this conversation, we're speculating on why something happened. I don't think we're drawing any specific conclusions about how it did happen. You know, we're arguing, what, what if this had happened? What if that had happened? I don't think we're now, you know, proclaiming uh, some way that we should think mm. moving forward. That's you know? fair. I think that, I think that we established that you're not going to mean girl. Either. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I could just chime in... Um, Sometimes I like asking these kinds of questions because I find they can be uh, actually more edifying and constructive than questions that have an easy answer. The reason is, is because you have to struggle sometimes to think about other potentially pertinent passages, like what Chris was bringing in uh, a passage from uh, one of Paul's writings about why women uh, can't pastor. So we, there's other passages that may shed light on this. Even if we don't come to a clear answer, we're still thinking, med meditating on the Word of God, which is a good exercise to do, even if we don't know, come up with a, a sound conclusion. Does that help, Random? <clears throat> I mean, yeah, I think that you give a fair criticism. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I guess to me, it... it I experienced... I, 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 uh, I worked at multiple church camps uh, throughout the years, and I got to uh, experience all kinds of people's different theologies. And there were a an unfortunate number of theologies that stemmed from just supposition on top of supposition on top of supposition. So I think I think my reaction, honestly, was a bit like 
PTSD kind of situation of just like, oh gosh, it's this. Like, what was like the worst example that you saw? Uh, okay, no, I actually do have a good example of this. Uh, there was a modesty talk uh, from, you know, church camp, summer camp kind of thing. Uh, and uh, they used put on the full armor of God uh, to justify, like, wear clothes and don't. And... Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm not messing. Bad. It's so bad. I wear my helmet every day. Also, did you know the full armor of God has no pants? So just gonna, <laughs> I would just put that out there. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, for the record, anyone listening, like you know, judge Christians by. I mean, it's subjective. I get it, but use your brain. It's like you know the the atheist thing. It's like they love to say like you know, follow your heart, but don't forget your head or don't forget your brain. Um, you know, judge Christians, but apply that too. So you know, don't forget to take your brain. So if you want to judge Christians, um, you know, use your brain. So even though you don't you don't believe this stuff or you espouse not to believe in God or anything like that, um, you, you can still use your brain enough to, to know, like, you know, what the Bible actually says. And while there may be some subjective differences, there's really no mistaking, like, the big things. So then if you find other Christians who are mistaking the big things and, like, doing some crazy stuff, um, you know, judge Christianity for, for what it actually is, not what other people do. Um, so I guess... I guess that's I don't know the inspiration for the day. So so um, random. What you missed in that talk about modesty in the full armor of God is that modesty, in terms of our Christian conceptions, actually comes from Mithraism, which was this ancient <laughs> military religion that also had to do with Roman soldiers. And so I think you just maybe missed the connection to Mithraism when they were giving that example. Michael. You know, Chris, I definitely did. Thank you for that. That is just enlightening. I'm glad. Excellent. We have a second convert to Mithraism today. Has been a success. In other news, to get back at Chris, I invited both Bob's accounts. On. Let's go. The Unabomber. What's going on, man? Thought I could make you a mod and it wouldn't come back from me. Yeah, like, <laughs> See, both oh. of his accounts. Get your other account up here. Invite to speak. Come on, Bob. I think that's his I think What's that's up, his Peter account Bob? that he uses for recording because you know he wants to make sure he's got all of his gold. No, what? I'm not. Do you play not, these recordings at your sermons? I'm not I'm not recording right now. Um well, that's a bummer. Um, Bob, I'm, I'm your biggest fan. I am. Catch it Bob, I'm <laughs> you are, man, man. How you doing? You are recording? Oh, oh yeah. yeah hey, I Bob, do all this stuff. I, I shoot it out as a podcast. Askachristian.podbean.com. Are you aware that Unitarianism comes from Mithra? Come from what? Yeah, Bob, what are your thoughts <laughs> on Mithraism? I love Bob. <laughs> on What? Mithraism, an ancient Roman cult that disappeared by like 400 AD. It was like a cult that was in 400 AD. Oh, it's a mystery. Oh, it's a mystery. It's a mystery. Chris, would it be better, like in your most holy, solemn, God-fearing answer, would it be better if Bob remained a Unitarian or if Bob converted to Mithraism, which would be more spiritually spiritually good? I your most serious at least he'd be just like a Jew if anything. I for one enjoy the um dipping of people in the bull's blood um a lot. So I think if Bob converted to Mithraism, just the 
I mean, just the skin benefits alone of being soaked in bull's blood every day. I mean, that would be, I mean, Bob, you'd look 20 years younger if you, if you, <laughs> you converted to Mithraism. I it's, think. it's restorative. Did you get adrenochrome from animals? Or is that only from babies? I mean, hey, oh, hey, what's up, Zach? What did, How what, are you, Zach? What's up, Zach? I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Uh, hold on, we have a serious person real fast. <laughs> Zach, what's up? How's it going? <laughs> Good, how are you? Yes, well, we'll find out in a minute. Any questions, comment on your mind? I 17 gallons of bulls. Oh, blood no, on no Amazon. questions. It's gonna, it'll be here in a no week. No questions? Comments? Or and, anything? and Steph, if you want, I, I know that so. you're still waiting on that baptism. We could do it in bulls' blood. I just gallons. Perfect. I could just, like, nail a whole bunch of religions at once that way. Yeah. Well, Marquise, yeah. what's up? Before we before we get back to Unibob, Marquise, how are you doing? Well, that's Steph that, says in chat we've been good all morning, so she's about to be ratchet. It sounds sounds right. Hey, Steph. Hey, Chris. Hey, morning, Marcus. Hey, everybody. This is wild. Okay, so this is all Steph's fault. You see how many problems women cause? Oh, see? <laughs> burn. Listen, no authentic answer to the question that was just asked i think he'd be better off with the other stuff not unitarian i think you're I think right he'd be better off and the reason i'd say that is because i it's so far from the truth that it'd probably be easier to understand how wrong that is and i think the reason that we have so many issues with unitarians and bonitarians is because they they like present elements of the truth in very fallacious ways and because it's so close and they don't have that spiritual discernment that you need from, you know, the truth, it like it just muddies the water. So, yeah, go go do something that's like polar opposite, obviously different. And then we could have a conversation with you and poke the holes in all that. That'd be much. I appreciate that, Marquise. I, I agree with you totally. It would be easier to walk back from the absolute nonsense than just like a really, really messed up, skewed version of the truth. I mean, as long as we're converting to ancient pagan religions, is the cult of Artemis still around or no? Oh, bring it back. Now you're going to Ephesus. They they would kill so many birds with one stone. We could have lady pastors if we got the cult of Artemis (laughs) back. Oh, so you see Bill Johnson is doing something with Catholics now? He's like bringing in the Catholic Church for uh, um, a... a a seminar or something, or they're trying to like join forces with Catholics. Yeah. Yeah. It was world missions day. Yeah. They're going to go out Catholic missionaries. It's great. So you can convert to either Catholicism or paganism. Yeah. And it was funny because all the criticism, like all the criticism I read was because he was uh, being friendly to Catholics. I'm like, wait, that's your only criticism. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Chris, Hey, Chris, funny story, funny story, Chris, I argue that we can have pastors who are women because that first Timothy two passage, which says I suffer not a woman to teach is because of the cult of Artemis. I know. That's why I was making the reference. (laughs) 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 Hey, uh, (laughs) we need Nate queuing on bingo cards. You know, I would prefer, I would prefer, is it Nate or is it QAnon? Like Q people are nuts. Like I, I no, no Q. Uh, but I mean, you know, if a Q person, if I say, it, but, but if I if I say, you know, hey Q person, what's the time? And they're like, oh, it's three oh one. And I look at a watch and clocks and have all the peer reviews. Uh, people look 
at clocks. And they're like, yeah, yeah, they're right. It's 301. So it doesn't mean, you know, I'm all in a queue because they, they told me the time. I mean, you know, a broken clock is right twice a day. So, you know, if they legitimately are like, oh, um, that's pepper you're holding, not salt. And I'm like, oh, yes, it is. It is thusly verified. Um, but then if they're like, Pepper's a construct of the government, and actually, uh, you know, Pepper is really our president. I'm like, ooh, no, no. So anyway. <laughs> ooh, uh, so Chris, wait. Bob would like you to walk us through the differences between paganism and Calvinism, please. Yeah, so I said none. So I think that, yeah, I mean, <laughs> we're just gonna we're just gonna leave it out there that Calvinism is paganism. It's fine. It's fine. We'll just go with that. Because Christianity uh, is Mithraism, so I mean, yeah. So it's all the same. It's all the same. Yeah, Krill. So. I kind of remember talking to you. Let me see if I got you right. I think you're the one who says that. Oh, look, Chris, I'm taking an interest in people again. This is going to bite me. This is Krill, good. This I is think good. you're the one that says that says the teachings of Jesus are okay, but the ultimate thing you can do is following Jesus is to like be a good person and do good humanitarian stuff and knock it off with the spiritual stuff. Is that the right, is that right, Krill? Is that your well, position? Uh, uh, almost right, uh, except for the word ah. humanitarian, because I cannot say that Jesus Christ is humanitarian in a way the modern people view humanitarianism. For example, Jesus is against abortion, that's simple. And modern humanitarians, I believe, are pro-abortion, if I'm not mistaken. Please correct me wait, if I'm wait. wrong. Jesus is against abortion? Yeah, absolutely. Like in the Gospels? Because you, you you can do to the people only the things you want to be done to yourself. So if you stand for abortion, you agree to oh, abortion snap. your own baby or your, even yourself in childhood. Yeah, but then they're going to say oh, the baby... It's very easy to understand. Oh, sorry. oh Zach, you it's want recursive. to speak? It's recursive. Let me call it recursive <clears throat> uh, morale. Oh, hey, or... Hang on uh, one second, girl. Uh, yeah, I just want to make sure I was talking to the right person, and I am. But Zach uh, wasn't speaking earlier, but he unmuted, so I wanted to see if he wanted to chime in real fast. Zach, did you want to speak now? Oh, no. This abortion okay, topic seems interesting. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually like that point, Kirill, that Jesus was against abortion. I'll, I'll bite. Okay, continue, Kirill. No, he was also, no, he was also no, against cursing and swearing against anybody. So when he calls uh, somebody a dog, you can, almost, you can al always be sure that it's a late addition. And when you study the words of Jesus, you have to look out for the playful writers who played with his words in any possible way. But that does not really uh, distract you or hinder you from knowing what Jesus Christ wants you to do. It's rather easy to see. It's rather simple to grasp. And once you get the idea, you will be forever free and forever peaceful because he says, come to me all the weary and tired and I'll comfort you. Yeah, and so, he says repent and believe the gospel. So I mean, I agree. It's very easy. To know no, 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 no. Repent, repent and believe. No, repent and believe. Repent and believe is all, all the formal part. It's also very necessary. But uh, the most important thing is being born from above. And the being uh, born so, from above is guess what? Guess what it is? I don't know. You tell us. Well, if you don't know, it's uh, changing your priorities, your uh, system of values, because the world values and cherishes certain things like money, power, glory, control. Etc. Uh, Etc. Et but uh, for a person who serves Jesus, this doesn't matter at all in the slightest. He is willing to sacrifice everything and anything in order to do the God's bidding. So being wealthy, being powerful, being in control, subduing people to your will is not important to you. And uh, if you're a popular person or not, it's not important for you. Other things are important. Well, what if I'm wealthy and powerful and in control and I make people follow the teachings of Jesus? Wouldn't that be uh, better? <clears throat> well, chances are high if you are wealthy, powerful, and in control that you have been serving Satan for quite a long time. 
and yeah, Satan right. will never, will never, how you like will never BMW, you... How you like that BMW now? No, no, and uh, <laughs> Satan will not let you. Yeah, uh, sorry, uh, I couldn't. Um... So, uh, and Satan will not let you go out of his this deal very easily. You know, you're always a junior partner. You're always stuck in this uh, green mail or blackmail with him. So I can never be uh, a senior uh, partner. That's a bummer. No, no, no. If you, hey, yeah, if you I just had had to backtrack for a second, Kirill. So, how do you take the? You said you know more approach it philosophically, take all the spiritual stuff out. How do you take the spiritual stuff out of? You must be born from above, and then the explanation of that: you must be born of the spirit. How do you take the spiritual element? Out of that, I, only approach I, that philosophically. I, I, I'm not taking it out because it really takes faith to do all this. It really takes faith to sacrifice everything. It really takes faith to forgive everybody. It really takes faith to go two miles instead of one. It really takes a, a heavy load of faith in order to do uh, God's work, you know, to live according to his will, you know. Uh, it's uh, the faith, you know, uh, one-fourth of all the Jesus Christ quotes is about faith. Uh, it's like a rough assumption, maybe one-fifth. He says, have faith, but this faith is uh, not only in God, it's the faith in you. Like, you have to have faith that you're able to do this and that. If you have faith strong enough, you can move mountains, you can walk on water, you can multiply the breads. It really, it's, really, it's really possible, you know. And every man and woman who wants to accomplish something in their lives like the godly things really should really have faith that they are able to serve the mankind the best way possible sounds like you have faith can you take a video of you walking on water like just go find a swimming pool or something because that would be rad well i'm uh when i say walk on water or move mountains i mean this uh in, um, i i mean this in a way that you can do the impossible like there is an impossible task and you can do it if you have enough faith if you literally want to move mountains or walk on water or multiply breads the way Jesus did, you can probably also do this. But what's the point if it doesn't serve the mankind in any meaningful way? You are not David Copperfield, you know. So, so I got I got to ask the question because because you kind of evasive about this from Chris's question. Does the and this is coming from me, an atheist. Does the supernatural exist? Uh there is no such thing as supernatural because we don't know the nature in full. Our knowledge of the nature is very limited. Our science is only 300 years old, approximately, like the sure. modern science, starting sure. from the Newton's time. Okay, so we then, cannot... then let, let me re-ask the question, because I understand where you're getting. So, can a person walk on water? Absolutely. Absolutely. But through, like I said, you don't mechanism? need to do this because... Through uh, what mechanism by... can a person walk on water? We um, do not understand all the all the nature. Our scientific knowledge is very limited. Only three hundred years of development. It's very tiny, you know. Uh, you don't really need to walk on water in order to serve Jesus. You need to love your neighbor. Basically, you're not David Copperfield. You don't uh, really earn. You're not going to earn money by showing your skill at walking on water, you know. And you really don't need to walk on water if you have a cutter or like a boat or whatever. You don't I was gonna say, get both sides shoes. Yeah, yeah, or shoe. Get get yourself a shoes or a drink. Yeah, uh, relax shoes. and enjoy. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. There are the shoes. The shoes by which you can walk on water, but it doesn't matter. Really, get yourself a drink, relax, and enjoy because life is to be enjoyed. When Jesus says that He has brought us uh, life to the fullest, like live uh, life abundantly, like He's telling us that we should live the life here on earth in the most abundant way. He is not the after death preacher. So when He walked the Judea and preached to the people, He gathered crowds simply because He preached something very. Uh, important to them and they listen to him because they 
valued his words like something important. If he was speaking some yada yada about the after death and whatnot, he, nobody would have listened to him. Do you agree? He did no. do yada yada after death. He did but do no, yada yada after death. Now, now, I hate that I'm agreeing with Bob, but I know I absolutely I disagree because there are several quotes about the resurrection. Like when he goes and he raises Lazarus from the dead and... You know, he's like, oh, yeah, you'll see him again. And his sisters, Lazarus' sisters, are like, yeah, we know we'll see him in the resurrection. And Jesus straight up says, I am the resurrection and the life. That is literally a, a statement about after death. <laughs> and then he said, those who uh, believe in me, if they die, they'll live again. That's after death. And then he says, those who believe in me will never die referring to eternal life, which extends beyond death. So like that's that, that. And then I think if we go back, I think we kind of just sort of leaped over in um, a misquote that you gave of Jesus because he doesn't say, hey, believe in God and believe in yourself. He says, believe in God and believe in me. He's referring to himself as in Jesus. And that is not just belief and following of God, but you got to believe and follow God through, via, by agency of believing in Christ. That is like a fundamental piece of what he says. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Did Moses, no the did Moses do that? Sorry, Wait, Moses yeah. didn't do that. Yes, Apostle, I, I can agree with you, but I need to point out that he calls other people the dead, like let the dead bury the dead. Guess why he calls other people, worldly people, the dead people? What's the reason for it? Oh, because they're spiritually dead, sure. Uh, no, the, so what does it mean to be the spiritually dead, uh, exactly? To not believe or have a connection with God through Christ. And how does it demonstrate in their ordinary life? What do they do uh, so they uh, demonstrate themselves to be dead? I'm sorry, say what? So what, how, what kind of life do they lead uh, in order to demonstrate they are very dead, like zombies? Um, a life of sin. Uh, not what, well, 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 well I, I believe not exactly. Not everybody around Jesus was a dead, a great, great, great sinner. But they simply crave the worldly things. Like if you crave the worldly, you are dead. That's it, basically. In my humble opinion. Finds those who operate everyone's born dead. More sinfully as Ain't nobody dead, born spiritually dead. dead. Uh, hey, real quick, there's a uh, there's a question in chat. Um, maybe it'll take us away a little bit. Um, that says, why do Christians believe in Exodus when modern Egyptologists disprove the Exodus as fake? A quick Google search will say something like, um, let's see, there is no scholarly consensus that definitively proves or disproves the biblical account in Exodus. The Exodus narrative in the Bible describes the liberation of Israelites from slavery in Egypt, um, but there is lack of direct and conclusive evidence supporting either so it seems like it is still a hotly debated and controversial topic and i'm sure there are some egyptologists that absolutely claim uh to have pr disproven it and there's probably some bible people that have absolutely claimed to prove it but apparently there is no consensus in the community um of egyptologists that it definitively did not happen so um i would yeah. say that is the answer to that question the i was gonna say that's a terrible source come. to say that yeah, 
The closest they'll come is saying that they can't quite prove that the Hebrew people were there at that time. But then what of the foremost scholars on this topic concedes that there is a group of people with a suspiciously similar name? It was like Abru the Abru people. I have to Google this. It was very close in pronunciation. So she said that as far as ancient records go, that that, you know, we, we don't even have enough to say they weren't there. But that's kind of what their argument hinges on is that, well, those people weren't even there at that time. So it's not. Yeah, it's far from definitive. And for the record, in terms of scholarly source, not having a consensus on something, either to prove it or disprove it, if anything reinforces the possibility that it happened because people can't agree that it didn't as much as they can't agree that it did. But that does that as far as sources to say like, oh, Egyptologists have disproved definitively that. Well, obviously it's not definitive because there's not a consensus because and not like, ooh, because some outliers disagree, right? Like there's a consensus about the Holocaust occurring and then there's Holocaust deniers. So it's not about having some outliers who are disagreeing, but, but there is a fundamental controversy. Landing on the moon. What do you think about that? Oh, someone just said the moon was artificially made. There was just like this beach post, uh, beach picture group about sunsets and stuff. And someone got a moonshot. And it was like the most un-the-moon-is-man-made type group ever. It was like pretty sunsets and stuff. I was just scrolling through it on Facebook. And someone's like, oh, that's an interesting photo. Where did you get that of the moon? It's so beautiful. And they're like, oh, here, check out more of these works. And I thought, oh, let's go see more cool moon pictures on the beach. And it's this woman in like an 18-hour-long YouTube video. Uh, and like I just like clicked through it in random parts. And the, the like halfway through, she's like, the moon is artificially made. The moon is artificially made. I'm like... Oh, anyways, that's all I got. Sorry. Uh, well, the moon is yeah, made so, out of it, cheese. Made so, out of cheese. So the Some main, real good cheese. And cow so cheese, the, moon, and then moon it's not, cow. It's not a, to a topic to be laughed at, really, because the moon is a very strange object, indeed. Uh, if you can't take into consideration its size, its proportion, its uh, uh, visible size, angular size. So the chances that the angular size of uh, moon, any moon close to the planet will be identical to the visible angular size of the sun as visible from this planet. It's also very slim, you know. There's a formula in the theory of probability that people study. It's very simple. That tells you what, about the probability of two uh, like wait, wait. Uh, lengths right. uh, being, being identical. Wait so a minute. You can you Girl. can really you can really count you can really count the probability and it will be very slim, like in below like zero point zero zero percentages. So very slim chance that it ever happened by chance, you know. Kirill, are you a flat earther by chance? Uh, I would uh, I I I can also only tell you that I'm not a flat earther in a general meaning of this word, but I really like the uh, agenda they are pushing because this agenda really d breaks people's minds in a good way. You know, people start asking questions, and when people start asking questions, really good things happen. You know, because the modern science and the Western world is based upon doubt, not upon the blind faith into any sort of paperwork or uh, dogma or theory. Uh, let's see, a Dr. Rowan's wife. Oh, is he Is he still here? Is Josh still here? Or did he oh, wait, I, I have a oh, question on that. What he was, okay, because I was just typing it. You should trust the Bowens as, <clears throat> as authorities on this topic because they are in the field and they're authorities in the field. And you should seek out other authorities in the field. 
right? Like anytime you're studying anything, you should seek out multiple sources. So, I mean, yeah, that, that makes sense. That, but I don't think that Dr. Bowen holds firmly even to the fact that the Exodus period did not happen. I think he stands on what I said, which is there's no proof that people were there. Well, we'd have to and also, and also, he's like, uh, isn't his his expert uh, field? It's in language, right? It's not in Egyptology. I don't, and I don't know about his wife. Correct. But I mean, is it possible? Say. And so, is it possible that perhaps you know, going? I mean, you know, you're my only source. Uh, Doctor Josh Bowen's wife asked an Egyptologist on her podcast what the consensus is in her academic community. Um, so, is it possible that Doctor Bowen's wife, wife, peace be upon her, ask a person? Is it possible they were a little bit less than 100% honest? Is it possible? And, you know, because this is not their expert field, Dr. You know, the Bowens, uh, maybe she's just like, okay, thanks for answering that question. And didn't really challenge it as much as someone would who maybe have been one of their peers who is like, no, no, we had lunch last week and we argued because there is no consensus in Egyptology. Um, is that a possibility? And it's rhetorical because the answer is obviously yes, that is possible. Um, well, anyways. Also, also careful. One more thing I would say on Egyptology is that Egyptologists also exist, the, they, they acknowledge the existence of pharaohs and leaders and political movements with very little evidence because it was known that Egypt destroyed, like the ancient Egyptians destroyed, and this is common knowledge, they, they would destroy all record of previous ha goings on when a new new leadership would take over. This is like a thing that they did for centuries. It was like a cultural thing. But we accept the existence of these things with very little evidence. But then we have documents, uh, ancient documents in the Old Testament that corroborate each other and that span languages and cultures and, and attest to these things. It's actually more evidence than we have for certain pharaohs that the very same community would acknowledge existed. So I have some questions about the, you know, about the priority there. But yeah, e Egyptology is a very funny topic. Well, let me clarify this real fast, because he's talking about like, no, they're 100% honest. I mean, you know, does that make you a liar? Because no one's 100% honest. But no, I'm not, I'm not calling into question the um, honesty of the Bowens. I'm saying the person she was interviewing, who I have no idea. You just said it's some Egyptologist. So they can be as pure and honest as the driven snow, and someone could lie to them. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. By the way, I've never met Mrs. Bowen. But yeah, I'm not questioning their academic rigor or their honesty. I'm talking about the person who they were asking the question to, the interviewee. Hey, it's Nate possible Martin. that this Egyptologist could have been deceiving Just Ms. to Bowen. be super clear, and I, because I said it, I would never discourage anything about Dr. Bowen. Like I said, I've never met his wife, but he is a pleasure to talk to and a wealth of information, and I do trust his expertise as far as it goes, and I would also consult other experts. That was my point. Like, I, I didn't mean, like you said, they're the nicest people. Yes, uh, Dr. Bowen is awesome. We love when he's in this room. Please do not take what I said the wrong way. I mean, I but think we're pretty nice, too. The only <laughs> question I have is, how do you prove a negative? I'm pretty sure that's not a thing. Well, that's, that's the atheist. thing is that's why in order to say the exodus did not happen, the closest that scholars can come is say we don't have proof that the, that the Israelites were there. So that's what I mean. Like, it would be very hard for an Egyptologist to stand on. We know this didn't happen. Their, their argument has to be, we don't have proof that they were there. And so that's the problem that you're going to have with claiming that the Exodus, is, that there's proof that the Exodus didn't happen. It would have, you'd have, that would be very difficult, right? So I don't think any Egyptologist would, yeah, would say that without having some evidence that all of the Israelites were somewhere else. Right. Exactly, what evidence, exactly what evidence would be, be 
looking for 4,000 years later? I mean, like, what evidence are we expecting to exist? Maybe and like, go from there. Like, Yeah, maybe but, like a bunch of corroborating documents that have survived in something like, oh. you know, yeah. And I mean, you know, it's like, um, 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 like, and, you know, since I, I want to be an honest person, I agree with Jamesy where he says, yes, proving negative is hard, not always impossible. So some things that may be impossible, but, um, you know, if the value of something is indeed zero, there should be a way to find that. Like if, if there is no error in a place, there will be able to way to, to demonstrate there is no error. You could prove that negative, uh, you know, the absence of error. But something like this, yeah, like, uh, yeah, look for a wagon wheel with, like, Hebrew script on it or, you know, an animal hide that's got, like, uh, you know, an extra chapter of Esther or something like that. Um, that'd be interesting. But, yeah, I mean, you know, we could be really scientific about it. And instead of, the, you know, a bunch of people saying it did not happen, they could be scientific and assign a probability and be like, well, we think it's unlikely. Great. Think that. Hey, um, but whenever you make absolute claims like it did not happen or it did happen, um, well, then you back up the claim or don't. <laughs> hey, Nate, I was going to say, um, and Steph, if we're trying to approach it logically, um, you know, even to step to your point about, you know, you respect certain people as authority, uh, authorities and experts in their field. But we can't have an appeal to authority fallacy either. Just because someone is respected, that means to Nate's point, they can't be wrong or they can't have bias, right? Which, you know, even further promotes this need to consult several authorities and not just several authorities, but opposing authorities, people who are respected in the field and disagree so that you can have something to evaluate in terms of the pros and cons, the strengths and weaknesses of each argument to see who has the best reasoning, the best logic, the best evidence to support their claim, their assertion. That's how true academic study is done. Not looking at people who have X amount of books and X amount of tours and saying they're an authority in this topic, so what they say must be true. That's an appeal to authorities' house. Uh, I wonder uh, how much we, do we should weigh. Uh, yeah, I think we should wonder how much to weigh that if you go to Egypt, the people there treat it as fact. They teach it in school. So culturally, for the last several thousand years, they treated it as it happened. Well, and um, to be honest, like, the, sorry, the, all I was going to say is that, you know, we have to synthesize exactly what Marquis is saying, is that we read widely on a topic, and then we synthesize what we find. So my, so my challenge to um, plate tectonics is how much conservative scholarship on the subject have you read? I'm willing to bet it approaches zero. And so what you're getting is one side of an academic debate. And what you're not doing is synthesizing the breadth of literature on the subject. You're simply reinforcing your existing biases, which is what we don't want to do. And real quick before I have to run, if you guys want to stay and keep it going, if you have my blessing. Uh, Courtney asks, what did he mean Someone, I don't know if it was a comment earlier, or what did it mean when Adam fell in the garden? Uh, Courtney, if you're just asking what does that mean when people, I don't know if you're talking about a specific person that made a comment, but when we say, like, you know, Adam fell in the garden or the fall of man or something like that, it means when Adam and Eve sinned. So in the in the Bible in Genesis, whenever, you know, Satan shows up and tempts Eve to eating this fruit, God said, don't eat. Um, she does that. 
Adam does that, and they fall. So like mankind fell in the spiritual sense. So now instead of everything perfect and just as it should be in a perfect world, now we have death, sin, pain, the problem of freaking evil, by the way, for people to be like, how could a good God? That, that, that's why. Blame Adam. Blame Eve. Um, and Steph. Anyway, so that's what that means. So it's the fall of mankind. When Adam and Eve did the one thing God said don't do, um, that's why we have this fallen world. That's why there is bad stuff in this world. Um, that's what that means. Um, and yeah, I am going to have to run. Does anyone else want to keep this going or not? Doesn't matter. No one has to run. Chris, no one has to run, run away. Stick around because I'm working so I can help a little, but I can't like fully watch. But maybe we could team up. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can help out. All right, we got it. All right. Get ready to convert to Calvinism, everyone. Ecumenism. Not on my watch. at its finest. Right. <laughs> Ecumenism at its finest, yeah. The, the Marquee, whole idea. You're, you're a Calvinist now, right? Okay. Who, me? Guys, the... <laughs> Marquis. Marquis is no, I'm repping. Now. I'm repping Arminianism all day, baby. Yes. Uh, guys, guys, guys. The greatest secret, uh, yet not unknown, is that Jesus Christ preached the kingdom on earth, not in heaven, uh -huh. because even in the Lord's prayer, in it says on earth like in heaven. So He really yeah. brought us the kingdom here to this world, Wait. and it's up to us to really, really complete its work and establish God's kingdom on earth, not some type of capitalism or communism or anarchism even. Uh, or any other type of whatever. Everybody knows that Jesus came to to give us the United States and capitalism. No, 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 no. That is the Amen. purpose of Jesus. No, no, no. We're just kidding. Krill, don't take him seriously. He's joking. He's joking. He's joking, but it's not a matter of joke because I can clearly see that we are approaching the next world war that will cost us 500 million people dead. So if you are looking forward to this, go ahead. But I really don't think we have to pay this much of a price to enter the new shining world. We can dish the old world right now. We don't have to like just kill this uh, dying animal. We don't have to 